What's up, everyone? How's it going, Sifters? Happy Tuesday to you. It is Game Face, episode 19, and I am here with the permanent co-host of Game Face, Matt Kyle. Hello. So as you know, Matt has been running the TriCaster for us all this time. You guys have asked for him to come out on camera, and now he is out on camera permanently. We have a brand new TriCaster operator. There is sure to be maybe a couple bumps in the road, but I have every confidence he's gonna do great. Um, so if you have any issues with the feet or anything like that, just know that we're having some growing pains as we have a new guy up on the TriCaster running the show for us. So it's been a huge week in games. Yeah. Obviously the second, well, I guess it depends on how you look at game shows, whether you'd say it's the second biggest or the biggest. As far as attendance. It's getting up there for sure. Well, as attendance, it's bigger than anything. Yeah. I think they said it was 300 and some thousand people at Gamescom. I can't even imagine. I can't either, man. Because, I mean, you think about <laughs> E3 and it's like... I think the best they've ever had is like 50,000 or something yeah. like that. And that's just mania to me. And look, Cologne's convention center is way bigger yeah. than the convention center at L.A. But that sheer amount of people, it just boggles them. It just also shows you, too, how much better public transit is in Europe than yeah, in America. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you got to shuttle that many people in there because they're not all driving, that's for sure. Well, so. yeah, but it's... it's they seem to handle... I mean, I've never been to Gamescom. Yeah. Uh, I've heard it's large and loud and kind of smelly. Yeah. Um, but, like, just the fact that they shuttled 300,000 people in and out of that place and there were no deaths or yeah, riots yeah. or something is, like, that's a testament. Like, they, yeah. they have that stuff down. So, yeah. I think it's going to get bigger and bigger. You know, everybody was kind of like, oh, they delayed showing Scalebound and these games at E3 so they could show them at Gamescom. I'm like, well, get used to it. Yeah. I think Gamescom is going to be an important thing every year. Yeah, for sure. And so we are going to talk a lot about Gamescom. And in fact, our deep dive will be all about Gamescom. But there's actually been a couple other things that have happened this week. So we're going to mix it up a little bit with some other topics. And for that, let's get to the big six. All right. To start off, we are going to talk about one game that was debuted at Gamescom. And actually, it was... Mentioned well before Gamescom actually happened. Uh, that's Mafia 3. Um, so, Matt, Mafia 3, it's set in New Orleans. Mm. Um, it's set in the late 60s, right after the Vietnam War. How are you it's feeling awesome. about that, that, that setting? I love New I, Orleans, first of all. I don't know if you've ever been to the city, but it's one of my I favorite haven't. cities in America. You should go, for sure. I should. I should. I almost did a couple times, but it's not not for lack of trying. Yeah. But I'm I'm into it. I mean, it's I'm yeah, I don't really need to see New York again. I kind of feel like you know I've seen New York in video games. The only time we've really seen New Orleans is um, uh, kind of Numerai in uh, Infamous Two. Yeah. Uh, which was pretty good, but it's a, you know a legit thing. And uh, the mafia games are such accurate recreations of the time periods. Uh, of uh, you know the last two were such accurate creations. I'm I'm into it, and I kind of hope uh, that it all works out properly uh, the way the other two did. Because I, I, you know, people are kind of saying like, "Oh, this is such a weird move for like an organized crime thing." But, but you know, the first mafia was about a World War One veteran coming back and learning to kind of readjust by getting sucked into that world. You're right. And, and yeah. Mafia Two is about a World War Two veteran getting sucked in that world, and now we're you know on Vietnam, and we're kind of I guess we're kind of like a deer hunter sort of situation. Yeah, maybe. yeah. Um, and it's territory that I can't recall a game exploring before. So maybe that's kind of exciting. Yeah, I think it's really exciting, actually, to be honest with you. I think it's going to be a great setting. 
It's it's odd to see that franchise without like the old like clunky 50s cars yeah. and like more modern vehicles and stuff yeah. like that. I thought that was a little odd. But when you th- think about it, the mob or the mafia has been around forever. Yeah, they'll always be. It's going to continue to be around forever. So, you know, they could do a modern day mafia and it would still make sense. They yeah. could do a futuristic mafia and it would still make sense. So, <laughs> which is kind of crazy to think about. Yeah, but be, future mafia would be fun, maybe. Yeah, and obviously there's a lot of comparisons right now between it and Grand Theft Auto. Um, I think 2K came out today and said, hey, this isn't just another Grand Theft Auto. I don't know where they're getting that from. It really is. It looks does look to be a lot more open world. You know, they've mm-hmm. kind of taken baby steps with that franchise all along. Um, you know, it's gone from, like, not really open world at all and being kind of linear to, like, giving you some freedom, but you still couldn't really go into, like, all the buildings. And uh, now they've kind of moved it along and, uh, and given you even more freedom in the game. So... How would you say your hype level is for, for this game right now, Matt? Um, like scale of 1 to 10, I'd say around like a 6 or 7. I mean, I need to see more. I need to kind of know where they're going, how, how exciting it is. But, um, it's, you know, I really like Mafia 2, and I thought Mafia 1 was some promise. Is it, is it the same people? Is it, is it 2K? I'm actually do not know if it is the same it's 2K folks. Burnout? Uh, I don't think it is. No? I don't know. Well, I'm, you know, 2K, I'm sure, will oversee it in the way they need to. But, like, there there has always been this sense in the last two in the first two games of, like, you, I really, like you say, they're, they're a very directed experience. Even though they have a big world to be in, they're very directed experiences. And, like, I've always had this feeling of, like, I just want to go play. Yeah. And they never really let you do that in the other two, in the first two. And I hope in this one they sort of let the chains off a little bit and let you kind of romp around the bayou a little bit. And, and you know, because there's so much side story, side mission possibilities in this new setting that, I, that you know, I mean, I, I really want to drive some fan boats around, you know, around the swamps and do some, some unique stuff. It'll be interesting, too, to see if they give as much love to this franchise as they've given to Grand Theft Auto. Will we get a multiplayer component to this game? Hmm, yeah. Because that's one thing, it's like, 2K has always given a little extra love to Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> it's, you know, it gets, like, everything. It gets an awesome app, and it gets an online mode. Not just, an, not just any online mode, like an awesome online mode mm-hmm. that they, you know, a, it probably could have taken, like, a full team, like, a year and a half to build if they only worked on the online. Whereas you look at games like Red Dead Redemption and things like that, like, typically those games kind of get that left out. So... Mm-hmm. 2K has really kind of turned a corner for me, at least. Like, you know, pretty much every game it puts out at this point is really, really high caliber. Um, I mean, some might argue that, you know, their WWE games are still... And I would agree with that as well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're trying. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I think their, their hearts are in the right place. And, like, it would be very much... Just in, the ter- in terms of how much autonomy and, and how much time it takes Rockstar to do what they do... It would be in very much in 2K's best interests to cultivate something like Mafia into into a Grand Theft Auto caliber experience, so that, that they could release between Rockstar's releases. You know, like, it I, could turn into their kind of bumper franchise. Yeah. Like maybe you know, not not to cast dispersions, but they could kind of you know become the Treyarch to Rockstar's Infinity Ward. I mean, let's be honest though, actually. Isn't Grand Theft Auto really a, ma- a mafia game? Yeah. I mean, isn't that like modern mafia anyway? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about how you could do a mafia game in the present day or in the future. Well, they're kind of already doing that with the Grand Theft Auto franchise. So, yeah. 
I mean, it's it, but like there's just that attention to kind of historical detail because the last time Grand Theft Auto did some history uh, in the way we would consider it was you know the London expansion, the '60s London expansion right. for GTA 2, which it seems like you know Grand Theft Auto is so rooted in the satire of American culture yeah. that I feel like they're never going to go back to that idea of like a, a, you know an Austin Powers style. You know, London thing would never happen in Grand Theft Auto today. So I think you're going to, ha- you know, other franchises like maybe Mafia would be, and it would be the way you'd need to go to explore a different angle on that. And I feel like I don't think we'll ever see the Grand Theft Auto equivalent of New Orleans. Like I feel like they would, they will stick to more media saturated. That would be kind of awesome, though. It would. I would be into. I'd be into kind of like a a Grand Theft Auto that sort of takes a chunk of the Midwest, and it's like, you know, New Orleans... Well, I don't know about Midwest. Uh, New like, Orleans, I'm okay yeah, with. I think about kind I of a New Orleans... I don't need to go to, like, to, Idaho or anything no, like that. No, I mean, like, New Orleans <laughs> up to, like, Chicago, and yeah. kind of, like, some wilderness between. Well, the way that they truncate geography in these yeah, games anyway, yeah. it's like it's like a five-minute drive to get from, like, New yeah. Orleans to Chicago or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like, New Orleans, Chicago, and, like, Cleveland. Yeah, just, I mean, what just, else just so is there? Just make a bunch of Cleveland <laughs> jokes. Or, or, or Philly. Pit- Pittsburgh. Yeah. Philly's too far east, I think, but Pittsburgh might work. Grand Theft Auto World. Detroit. Detroit, yeah, Detroit, Chicago, Detroit would be good. Green Bay, maybe. That's where you get, to, you know, if you, yeah, it'll be a good kind of crescent, like the, the Rust Belt. The Rust Belt. <laughs> I think that's and, what they well, call it. There's a lot to say about American culture and the neglect of that area of the industries. Uh, you know, you know the way the way Rockstar does their stuff. I can see them having something to say about that. Oh, for sure. Country, for I sure. mean. I- I would love to hear what yeah. they have to say about the American Midwest. I don't know if the people in the American Midwest well, would like to hear not, that. You know, it's like, well, what do you think, Scottish people? You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, but it's, you know, we'll see. We'll, but it's like, I would love to see that, but I feel like they're never going to, you know, they, they go for more of a cosmopolitan thing. And maybe the, maybe the least, you know, the least mainstream city we might ever see from Grand Theft Auto is maybe a version of, like, Miami again. Yeah. And before we move on to the next topic, I guess the last thing that I want to say about it is that the game is coming out in the not-too-distant future. Yeah. I mean, it's coming out, like, early next year, so it's not like they're announcing it now. I'm on board and, with this trend. I mean, it, look, it could get delayed. And, True. I mean, it is Rockstar, and well, it's not first, Rockstar, but it is 2K. Spring of next year is apparently the greatest game release it is, of yeah. all time right now, so some <laughs> stuff's going to slip. I mean, not everything yeah. is going to make it, but... But 2K needs it. I mean, they're, yeah. the way they plan out their games and the way their financial quarters work, uh, they're going to need that game for the Q1 of next year. Although I will say that their financials came out this week, just as an anecdote, and they actually made a ton of money without releasing a new game for like the mm. first time in their history. So, so Evolve didn't like, hurt? Or... No, I mean, they made a, obviously they put out the PC version of Grand Theft Auto V, right. but that's not a new game. Um, but all the DLC wrapped up in Grand Theft Auto V does really well for them, and so they've managed to find... Uh, revenue streams to keep them afloat while they're waiting for that next big release, which is good to see. Mm-hmm. So, 2K thumbs up, Mafia Three thumbs up from both yeah. of us, right? Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of that franchise, and I wish they came out more often. Okay, so here's one of the more polarizing franchises from last generation, Homefront, which you know everybody was really excited about this game, Matt. Like when Homefront oh, was announced, was it really was. Like it was one of those games that, for whatever reason. People were just going crazy. I mean, look, it was a setup, right? It was like, okay, finally a shooter where we're fighting on American soil, defending it from a known enemy that most people right. would agree that we all hate. And so <laughs> yeah. 
It was North Korea. Not a lot of North Korea fans. Yeah, there's not many fans of North Korea in the United States, (laughs) that's for sure. And in fact, I would say overseas, there's probably not a lot of North Korean fans either. Probably not a lot of fans of North Korea in China. Yeah. (laughs) They're a problem. Yeah, and so the setup was great. Just to kind of set the tone for the sequel here that we're going to talk about. The setup was North Korea invades are taking over. Um, You're fighting neighborhood to neighborhood in America. Mm. I think everyone was behind that. Unfortunately, the campaign was like... Two and a half hours long, three hours long. And so by the numbers. And so by the numbers. It was very generic, nothing unique or innovative about it. Uh, Now, one thing I would say that I really liked about the first Homefront is I liked some of the stuff that they did in the multiplayer. I liked how they handled perks and killstreaks. So what they, I don't know if you remember or not, but how it worked was like, you didn't have to get like nine kills in a row without dying to like get a kill streak in the game. Like basically as you got kills or did things in the mode, you would build up points and then you could hold those points for as long as you want to get better kill streaks. So mm-hmm. if you wanted to get the nuke, like you know, for a lot of people who play Call of Duty, like they never get never the better get the kill nuke, streaks. Yeah. They never get a lot of the better kill streaks at all. Like the only time I've ever gotten the good kill streaks is playing at review events. Right, yeah. <laughs> or you're playing other journalists. Because you're not playing the best people in the world sometimes, because yeah. no one's ever played the game before. You know, it's, it's, It is funny, though, if you think of... Uh, that's one part of it. Like, people haven't played it, so they're just learning. But it is funny how you go online and just play against random people, and they're way better than, like, the oh, game for journalists. Sure. <laughs> sure. I could tell you stories, yeah. folks. So I like that. I liked how they made, like, the whole everything more accessible in that game. And then the other thing that they did was, if somebody was, like, totally kicking ass and had, like, a big kill streak going they would show up as, like, a bigger icon on the map, which would cause people to, like, gang up and hunt this really good player. And again, it kind of... Look, for competitive, if you're talking about, like, esports or something like that, that model's not going to work. Yeah. But if you're just talking about a game that, like, people who are tired of getting their butts kicked in Call of Duty would like to play, there's there's some good concepts there. So now we have the sequel here that they've shown. And in all honesty, I thought this game might be canceled because... It was announced so long, long ago. ago. Is this, this Crytek? Yeah. Yeah. And so it was announced forever ago. We haven't heard a peep from it in forever. I think there was like one, maybe two trailers for it. Like, I honestly thought it was just done. Like, and this goes gonna... back to when THQ like fire sold, like, did the fire sale. With right. Others, so. Yeah, this yeah. was one of those games that was like a whole, all, they got caught up in that whole THQ bankruptcy mm-hmm. and fire sale and everything. Well, wow. Like, yeah. <laughs> Wow. Not only did they debut the game, like, they debuted the game with tons of gameplay footage. Like, a good seven, eight-minute walkthrough, really impressive, like, really polished. And look, it's one of those quote-unquote vertical slice things where, you know, they have all the time in the world to get ready. But you know what? Every developer has all that time in the world to get it ready, and not every game looks as good as this when when you finally do get to see, like, the demo at a trade show. So, to me... You know, if they can get the campaign out to more than two hours, <laughs> which, yeah, that would be nice, for sure. <laughs> which seems highly likely, um, if they can even continue some of the ideas that they had in the first one in the multiplayer, I mean, they might have something special in their hands here. Yeah. I mean, look, we're already all behind the whole concept of it, you know, protecting America yeah. from invaders. And- you can get past the idea that, that somehow North Korea, somehow someone could take over America, it, it makes sense. Yeah, another funny thing about this, too, that we're watching this footage right now is it, just how conveniently there's ramps everywhere. I mean... <laughs> well, they've been hiding out here for a while. They know how to get in and out. Yeah, they know exactly where all the ramps are to get in and out of there. I mean, a lot of games do that. We saw that with the uh, Uncharted 4 demo yeah. from uh, E3 where there was just always conveniently a ramp there for them to use, but... 
I don't, it, you know, it's uh, it's a little bit more in the future. There's a lot more futuristic tech. Like I think the biggest technological advancement in the last one was a drone. Mm-hmm. And I, if I remember correctly, like you couldn't actually operate the drone. Like you told it what to do, and then you sat and watched it. You didn't actually like control the mm-hmm. drone. At least that's what I remember from it. It's been a while. I, I mean. I, I'm surprised I remember this much about yeah. the game, to be honest. I played very, about half that campaign and kind of walked away. I just, it didn't You didn't me. finish the campaign. It didn't grab me. I don't all. know how you couldn't finish it. Yeah, things to do. Yeah. yeah you know, it, it, it was... Like make a sandwich. Like, I, you know, it was, it was like the, the trailers for that were much more involving than the actual game to me because, like... Yeah. Like yeah, and at the beginning, you know, you're on that bus and you're seeing all these like you know these 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 poor American citizens being like harassed and shot against walls and everything. I'm just like yeah, let's go, let's go. But now it's yeah. just like it's like open that door and and close the door and now move a bookcase in front of the door. And I'm just like yeah. what am I doing? Like those, it just it was a slow burn. And after a while, I was just done with it. But this looks I really way liked better. One thing I really liked about it was fighting in, like, suburban America. Because yeah. suburban America has a very unique look to it. Like, you know, we fought these wars in, in modern-day Europe and everywhere else, pretty much, except for in America. And when you're fighting in these, like, around these prefab homes, basically, yeah. with these, these, these tracked neighborhoods, as they're called... It just had a lot of impacts. You know, I remember my grandparents lived in a neighborhood that looked just like that, where every house is kind of built exactly the same, or maybe there's like two or three different models you can choose from or whatever. But generally, all the homes look the same. They all have the same lot size. For whatever reason, like, that just really struck a chord with me because that is like Americana. Like, that's Mm. the American neighborhood. And so, you know... It was to me. It was really impactful, but it lost its steam very, very quickly when you just started doing like the same stuff in the game that you had done. Here's the turret section. Here's the sniping section. Mm-hmm. And look, games in general are always going to have problems breaking away from that. You're going to have to have like a sniper level in pretty yeah. much every first person shooter. I think you got to smooth over those transitions. Or, you know, where it, it, where part of home for a lot. I think it's just a problem of kind of like sort of B-list shooter campaigns in general. It's like you you very clearly see those like delineations between now it's time to snipe things. Yeah. Now it's time to run. Now it's time to have a firefight with some like rudimentary cut. It's like and the best shooter campaigns, I think, blend all those two things all those things together so that you are doing them and transitioning between them without thinking about Agreed. It. I agree. As yeah. the des- as a design thing you're think- you're thinking about it in the sense of like that's the appropriate thing for me to do right now, but it feels more more organic. And I think what they've shown in this home front reveal is uh it looks like they're on that. I mean Crytek's good at that. So yeah. like, it looks like they're more on that path with this and maybe they can ex- they can exploit this concept to its fullest extent cuz like you say I think you know, I think Modern Warfare 2 had that too, where it's like there was that, those levels where you're like in suburban America and you're kind yeah. of like fighting around the McDonald's stand-in. Yeah, and, yeah. And you're like, and there was there is kind of that feeling of like, you're at my home now. You know, no, like, it's it, funny. It's, it makes a difference. It is. Yeah. It's, it's a real thing. It's not like, you know, fighting in Eastern Europe in some World War II game. It's yeah. like there's a, there's a little bit of possessiveness if you're, I think, if you're an American. Where Now, granted, the people watching this stream or watching the show in Europe right now are like, there. I don't care. Yeah, it's like it, the... the, the you know, America's never had a stand-up fight war on its, you know, not for... We only fought ourselves, years. yeah. yeah. <laughs> we fought each other on yeah. American soil. We've never really had anyone come and invade us. So. Not since and War of 1812, look- the Canadians came down and burned the White House. Right, but, like, right. We don't remember that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's- and look, as Americans, it's a real fear that, like, we have, like... It's why... America fights so hard to keep its guns. Yeah. It's why there's like Even people in Europe are like, like 
okay, so let's say North Korea invaded and they took Washington D.C. and like, what? Like, does New York just give up? Yeah, like, yeah. New York's like, <laughs> no, come and get us. You know, it's, 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 every other major city in America is like, okay, like, come take us now. You know, yeah. Like you would never have the forces to take down all the major cities of America. Like, you would always have a stronghold to fight back in. But like. You know, there seems to be some of that in this game. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah. Where it's like, you know, they clearly the re- the revolution, the resistance has you know some real footholds in 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 the in the country here, and it's that's true to life. I think, and you know, if you accept the idea that they would be able to invade and control America, um, which is hard to would, accept, they would, yeah, <laughs> but they would never be able to cover everything because America's so you know the United States is so huge. Well, I think in this and, game too, it's like farther every, in the future, know, right? And, and North like, Korea has established one city. I think maybe it's Philadelphia as like its base, uh, where you like got your town, yeah, my town, yeah. <laughs> where and I think if you go in, it's like shut, shoot on sight, basically, is what they say about Philadelphia. If you go in there, you just get killed like immediately. So. It looks like there's intrigue. Why would you go after Philadelphia as your? I mean, I don't know. Like, talk about like the most dangerous population <laughs> to try to take down. Those people that is the last, the last city yeah. you would want to take for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like you'd have four year olds like taking you out with <laughs> rifles and stuff. I mean, that, that, Philly does not back down from anything. You're absolutely right. Yeah, it's an odd choice, but yeah, I mean, I I'm pretty excited for this. I mean, I might even yeah. say I'm maybe more excited for this than Mafia Three. To yeah. be honest with you, a little bit. I mean. The Americana is strong with both games. And I, I got I don't know what it is, but you know, the kid in the trailer where like he's kinda got the stars and the stripes motif sort of sewn into his fur yeah, jacket. Yeah. I, that like that was awesome. It looks yeah. really cool. Like, Get your little heart pain. Kind of does the, yeah. yeah, like that. And I'm just like, I'm like, yeah, that kind of like it's like that iconography <laughs> it is really minds used, your patriotism. Right? It, does. it does. It does. And it's kind of I guess it could be considered a cheap trick, but I it works on me. Yeah. So I like it. So, Matt, this next topic you're going to have to carry because I have to tell you, okay. we're going to talk about World of Warcraft. And <laughs> I have played World of Warcraft for a grand total of three hours in my entire life. When I think it was, mm. we were all working at G4 when it came out, right? Yeah. Yep. So I remember we all bought it. I bought it. I went and yeah. paid for it because you guys all convinced me to buy it. And... We all went home that night and started playing it, and I had to kill, like, <laughs> 15 prairie wolves. Mm-hmm. And uh, I finished that first mission and then went and started another one. And I had to kill like 10 rats. And I was like, nope, and this not isn't everyone for me. Dropped the thing you needed. No. And then yeah. you're like, oh, really? That's okay. <laughs> and so that was it for me. So the irony of the story is so at Gamescom, I guess we should set it all up. At Gamescom, mm-hmm. they basically announced the next expansion for World of Warcraft earlier than very quick very quick compared to how it typically works with the franchise Mm -hmm. usually we'd have to wait months and months longer to get a look at it well you know the other thing we should mention is that the subscriber numbers for world of warcraft are at like rock bottom right now they're like at around five million it hasn't been that low in almost 10 years and so from a high of like 11 or 12 million i think it may have got to 13 at one point even so you know, obviously their numbers, they're bleeding customers big time. They, they feel like, you know, maybe they need to do something desperate to get subscribers back. And so what do they do with this expansion? Well, by all accounts, and again, I'm not a big World of Warcraft player or fan. Level 110, my God. Yeah. <laughs> is there no end? Yeah. So what they're saying is that, like, they're kind of taking it back to its roots a little bit. Mm-hmm. And maybe in hopes of capturing that old audience and getting those 8 million people who have stopped playing World of Warcraft to come back and play it. Matt, as somebody who played a good bit of World of Warcraft, and you, how long has it been since you played it? 
Uh, we, I got to, it was years, it was right when um, Wrath of the Lich King came out, and Morgan, we were, when we were still on X-Play, Morgan Webb decided we were all going to get to the level cap because she wanted to play it, so yeah. she like told like four of us, like, oh, you're all going to play this now, and so like, okay, that's Morgan. <laughs> and um, so we did, and like, so I, I, I took a... Uh, here's 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 an example of how long ago this was. I took a ret paladin <laughs> to level eighty, soloing dungeons. I mean, that was when ret paladins were like just overpowered to this level that like like when we when it got nerfed and like none of my stuff worked anymore. I was like, but that's really kind of I, I wasn't yes, angry fair. about it because it was like, <laughs> dude, I I rode the the high wave for like six months on that, and like I was in like we'd go in dungeon stuff like with you know with our group, and like I just like run through it, kill kills, and I'm like, can you can you slow down? We got to pick stuff up, and I'm like, no. So like it's been a long time. I I we tried to play um I tried to play uh what was it uh, Cataclysm, and I it just didn't grab me and. Um, I just sort of moved on. I haven't played it since then. Um, so what, what is it going to take for you to get back into it? Is there anything that it nothing. can do? It really? I, I don't think I, I. I'm not an MMO person. I, like, like you say, like you know, the quest design. I mean, I can kind of get into it, and I enjoy RPGs, and I enjoy character progression, and I really love World of Warcraft's uh, art design, art direction. I love the way the game looks. Yeah, and they're doing a, a lot with a little with that yeah. art style for and, sure. Uh, what a t- what a like. What a future-proof art style that was. Oh, was, yeah, look how really old this smart. game is, and it still really doesn't... Smart. Look at the, the trailer. I mean, yeah. it looks great still. Yeah, I mean, they, ha- they, you know, they did that big upgrade a couple years ago, but like, it's, you know, that, the basic art direction still looks amazing. Yeah. And, um, but like, I've never been an addictive personality in terms of like, the MMO thing. I've played a bunch of MMOs, but I've never really... The only time I played them to the level cap or like completion or whatever is when I had other friends I was playing with that like kind of like peer pressure me into keep playing because I don't play the same thing every night. I'm not interested in that. I, I don't always go back to things. So I, I do actually. I always end up finding like one game that like I play at least well, I mean, a little bit almost every having, day. <laughs> I say that having put like 150 hours on The Witcher Three. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. But it's like, <laughs> but that does come to an end eventually. Yeah, but I don't play that every night either. You know, right. But it's like, yeah, you know, I've got a few MMOs. I, mean, I still play Old Republic uh, sometimes, and I still play uh, The Secret World once in a while, which is like that's the Lovecraft fan in me. I just I don't know why I dig that game. That's Funcom's. It's Funcom's game, yeah. right? Well, they actually are hitting some bad financial yes, straits right are. now. They're trying yes, to sell themselves or something. Just, so. just get Dreamfall Chronicles out before you go down in flames. That's my only... Reason. I would as a, be as surprised a, if anybody decided to buy Funcom, yeah, to be honest. As a Longest Journey fan, I'm, I, they always have a place in my heart because I love that series. And well, I, Ana- I, I Anarchy like, Online was huge for them for yeah. quite a while. I know when I first launched, everybody was all over that. Was it yet another MMO that everyone's like, you should yeah. try this one, Shane. You're going to like this one. Never, and then no I didn't MMOs, like that one. You're, you're and a little like me. I City think, of Heroes was another yeah. one. And you're then, like me, I think, in a little bit. And the, the MMO that will finally hook me to like a problem level, I think, is going to be like something that has combat like a platinum game. Exactly. Like something yeah. that run, runs in real time, and when you fight someone, it's like a fighting game. Yeah, it's, it's and like, it actually, like your, skill. your response actually yeah, matters. Exactly. <laughs> their skill matters, yeah. Uh, like, you know, so I can get into kind of the turn-based and sort of, you know, pseudo-real-time stuff of MMOs, but like it's never going to hook me the way a real-time combat system would. And I realize that that's sort of... Do you think that's what it's going to take to get people back to MMOs at that level? Maybe, but, like, I don't know... Because, like, look, I all these like, others have like come along. I feel like if you did that to World of Warcraft, like, a whole bunch of people would lose their minds and, and scream. Because, like, it's not what they want. 
You know, I think there's clearly 12 million people uh, for a while wanted World of Warcraft, and that you know, what who cares what I think? In that but regard. maybe those people have moved on to where they're at a place that we're at. Look, True. a lot like, of the people, a lot of the people who played World of Warcraft hadn't already played games for 20 some years like we had when it came out. So. Maybe they've got to the place, too, where they want to graduate. I'd and be they... interested to know where they lost them. I'm, I'm, I don't know if there's any way to ever track that, but did they all go to, like, League of Legends? That's or... the thing. I don't think they've gone anywhere. Like, they you know, stopped, it's yeah. not like there has been another MMO that's done well. I mean, True. I just went through a list of a bunch of them, but then there was uh, Lord of the Rings Online. That was another one. Everyone was like, this is the one, Shane. This is the one. There was Conan. Yeah, I played I... that, and I would never have recommended that to you. Yeah, I mean, I can just... <laughs> no, before it came out, though, like, uh, I, play... I bought it, like, the Age day it Conan. came out. Age of Conan kind of had... Hyborian like Adventure, or whatever yeah, it was like called. Like a pseudo real-time thing going on. They did, they did that pretty well, but it just... You know, the problem with MMOs for me is, like, I always hit a point where I need other people, and I don't know anyone who wants to play. Right, you know, yeah. You have to that hook up with random people, and then... That, well, you don't have to explain yeah, anything right. beyond that. Once you start ra- hooking up with random people, it generally is... Uh, anyone who's played Destiny can tell you. Right. Even, even on that level, it's difficult. But if you're dealing with, like, a very complicated... You know, I've never been on, like, a 40-man raid or anything like that. That's just... I've never known enough people who are interested, and I've never gotten involved. In like, I like, think something like that might be fun, though. I think it absolutely would be, but it's like it, for me, it's like I don't. I can't get play. there though. Yeah, but it's also like, like <laughs> I never said, play it long enough to get there. I play that every night, so like, yeah. you know, if I if I don't want to, you know, video games are my, you know, I mean, I made my living on making TV shows and stuff about them, but like they're still kind of my hobby, and like if yeah. I don't want to play something tonight, I don't want to play that, and yeah. so. I, but I, I don't want to like have it be a situation where like you know everybody's counting on me to be. Part well, yeah, of they rage, schedule and it, and it's, it's like you got to be and, on like, at eight o'clock. I don't want to play World of Warcraft, and it's like, well, I'm stuck either like screwing these people over, yeah. or playing a game I don't. Wanna I don't want to play, yeah. and that's not a situation I want to be in. Yeah, but I, you know. So you think this is not going to stop the bleeding? I would be surprised, and I don't have any suggestions as to how to do that. I don't. I don't know what is causing it. I don't know. Like what you could do to get people back to Warcraft, but like there's, I, I don't Blizzard know. Blizzard has a lot of smart people working there. They do, and you know they have a lot of those people working on this problem because yeah, if anyone can figure it out, they can. I'm sure, but I just don't. I don't. I don't. Maybe know it's what just would bring there's no answer to it. And, Maybe they, you know, they, and they got you know like there's a thing a while ago where they decided, oh, you're not going to be able to fly in new areas now, and the player base like went, yeah, and so they're like, okay, you can fly, you can fly, okay. Well, if you look at it, it's like they're down to like five million subscribers, but yeah, dude. That's still five million five, subscribers yeah, five million. at $14 a month. That's a lot. You'd I, do that math monthly, how much money they're still generating yeah, with I mean, that game. You'd, you'd take that for sifted. Yeah, right? I think I would. Yes, <laughs> gladly I think I would. I think we all would. So, yeah, I, I look, again, I'm not a big WoW player. It seems to me like anytime you look at a graph of anything and it just has this long-term downward trend, like it is so hard to... Well, maybe Turn it's it around time for and... something new in the Warcraft space, and you know, maybe the movie is where Warcraft goes from here. Maybe War- Warcraft goes full lore, or maybe they finally just release World of Warcraft two. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of time for it, isn't it? Well, it's got to be something, you know, under all those secretive, you know, secretive wraps over at Blizzard, yeah. where they've, you know, I mean, how many iterations of of a theoretical World of Warcraft 2 do you think they've done? Oh like my gosh, I can't 50, even imagine. You know, they have to, that has to be something on their minds in the back of their minds all the time is how do you follow yeah. this up when the inevitable crash happens. Yeah. And I would hope maybe it's real-time combat this time. If anyone can do it, it's them. I don't know if I'd say that. I don't know if they have a lot of experience with really like... They have like... experience with it, but they have the resources, they have the time, and they have... 
the motivation to stay on top of the heat. They should just buy platinum and have yeah. platinum come in and do the combat <laughs> for it, and then they'll handle all the number crunching and all the, the other parts of it. Transformers devastation out for yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> all right, so there was a bit of a controversy, and you know, one of the things that we want to do is be a little more timely on this show, and actually, we're going to talk about something that just happened today. Well, it happened yesterday, and then it kind of rolled over in today. So. Yesterday, all the reviews went up for Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, which is a first-person, wandering adventure game. I know a lot of people hate when uh, people use that term to describe that genre, but that's kind of become a trope, or so to speak, of of the first-person adventure game. And uh, just call it one of the one of those indie games where you're lost. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) and they don't tell you what to do. And uh, so the reviews came out; they were all pretty positive. It's doing pretty well as far as Metacritic is concerned. Uh, but the one common complaint about the game in all the reviews yesterday was that you had to walk too slow. And so, literally, every review is like, the walking is way too slow, like, you can't run. Well, as it turns out... <laughs> There's a surprise waiting for you. <laughs> yeah, as it turns out, you could run. And you can run in the game. Um, so we have all these journalists now going on Twitter. Like I saw Daniel Bloodworth from Game Trailers. He was like, oh, I had to use a stopwatch to figure out that it actually was like faster. was faster. Otherwise, I could not tell the difference. So What was the run button? I haven't played it. What was The run button is like the R2. The run button is the R2, and apparently it's like it's not, it's not fast enough. Like, okay. And so it's really hard to tell. Whether you're uh, whether you're actually running or not. So, what it really brought up with me is a lot of people are evaluating this game based upon what they expected the game to be, not what they just actually sat down and played. And like one of the editorial policies that I've always had is whether at GT or wherever is that if you go into if you preview a game, you can't review the game because it creates expectations about the game. And when you review a game, you should go into it without any expectations and just review the game for what it is. And so I feel like a lot of these people had watched a lot of trailers about this game. They had you know, watched a lot of footage about this game, maybe done interviews with the developers, and had built these expectations about what the game was supposed to do or was not supposed to do. And the funny part is the developers have come out and they've said, oh, well... You know, we feel bad because we feel like we should have told people there was a run button. But I don't know if that's the case, Matt. How do you feel about that? I think it's, well, I think it's weird in the sense that, like, if you're reviewing something, why don't you press every button on the controller? You know, it's, it's like, it, I mean, if it's true that there's no, um, there's no definite way to tell that you're running in it, there's such a small, you know, if they're really using stopwatches to tell the difference then, okay, yeah, I can see that. But there's like, you know, I've seen some pretty major oversights in some game reviews. But, um, you know, the pro- like, I, I remember there was a time when uh, Dean Takahashi was reviewing Mass Effect 1, and he didn't know you could level up. And he, um, he, he like, played the whole game at level 1. Like, he never was able to, up- he never upgraded his stats or any of his abilities. And the crazy thing about that is that like that's really hard? Like, like no wonder he thought the game was too hard. So like you can miss stuff, but like the crazy thing about this one is everybody missed it. Yeah. So you know, I've ne- look, I've never seen this happen before. Look, I've reviewed games and I've got stuff wrong before, and like the developers yeah, have emailed me and been like, "Hey, you got this wrong," and blah blah blah. And look, I'm not saying that I've never made a mistake in a review. 
I definitely have. I think everyone has who's reviewed games. Someone's made a mistake, you got a fact wrong, or you misread something while you were playing the game and you thought something worked one way and it really worked the other. In like 17 years, I've never seen everybody get something wrong. Yeah, the only other thing I can, th- you know, here, here's another, we'll tie this back to Mafia, but um, uh, I remember when Mafia 1 came out, there was a, there's a race about a third of the way through the game with like, you know, old style, like 19, you know, 1920s, like hot rod cars. And no one could finish it. No one, none of the review, like we, you know, reviewers, we were calling each other and being like, have you finished the racing? No, we were trying to get saves from each other. Yeah. To get, and eventually, uh, 2K, I think, had to send out, like, patched saves. Yeah, we actually talked about this last week got, on the show. Yeah, and got through that. So, like, that's the only other comparable thing I can, you know, and, and but that's just a skill thing or a bug thing. Like, yeah. this is like people sat down to a play basic the game. The element of the game. Everyone missed. Yeah, it's crazy. And like, who's, <laughs> is it like, you know, when you're in this, is it is it probably you know the developers kind of saying like, uh, oh, it's our fault. Like, and maybe you know, if everyone missed it, maybe like the run just isn't fast enough. Yeah, it yeah. Needs to be the feedback isn't there. Yeah, I mean, I'm guessing that's probably what it yeah. is. Like, maybe you know, there's not like a, a sound effect that accompanies it, like panting mm, yeah. or whatever. Like. Like just like that. You're not getting, yeah, yeah, you're not getting the feedback that you need from the game to clue you in that you're moving faster, whether it's the speed or the sound effects or whatever Which else. It makes you wonder what was happening in testing, because it's like, wouldn't you think testers would be like, you know, after how many hundreds of times you've played this game, wouldn't you be like, well, I want to get through this little thing? You know, clearly they were running, and if the running wasn't fast enough to tell any difference, like, wouldn't there have been a conversation about that? Yeah. I, I always wonder if that's, if that's there or not. So... Um, what a weird situation. It is really bizarre, <laughs> yeah. man. I've never seen anything. So now everybody has to go back and, like, redo their reviews. Redo the, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's one of the main reasons that, like, they dinged the game. Think about it, though. If you didn't know there was a run and you were, I mean, if you've you seen the footage, yeah. the walking in the game is really slow. Yeah. And a lot about this game is, like, you're not really... You're running to stand still anyway, because it's not like there's a ton of action in the game. You're just kind of, like, wandering around, gathering information, like, listening to, like, conversations from dead people and things like that. So, you know, if you spend all this time going somewhere, and then all you get for a payoff is, like, basically an audio snippet, Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, I have to walk (laughs) all the way back down this way again? Like, I can see where it would negatively impact the scores of the game, and so... We're a long way past mist, folks. Yeah, you yeah. Like, you, can't, you can't get away with that. It's like, oh, you're just going to walk all the way to the end of this thing and flip this switch and pick up this piece of paper, and then you're going to walk all the way back. Yeah. Oops, you flipped the switch wrong. you got to go all the way. You know? But like, I don't think people are willing to accept that anymore. Well, they weren't. I mean, that's why they were dinging yeah. the game. They were like, this is ridiculous that but you can't move faster. Viewers, I think, you know, you know, I, I'm cur- I wonder, I'm curious what like you know, like regular players think, and if, if they didn't find the run button if they didn't notice that the run was any fast like that's that's a really interesting conundrum like if you're the developer i wonder what you think at that point like well it's also an interesting des- design decision because you know some some developers when they create games they want them to be ambiguous and you want like people to discover stuff on their own and i did the same thing when we were designing sifted like um when you go and like select like when you level up and you go to select your interests like we never assign like any names to any of those categories we're like we'll just leave icons there and let people draw their own inference. It drove some people crazy. Oh, like, yeah. They're like, I'm never going to use a point until you tell me what each one of those are for. <laughs> and I was like, no, like that's not the idea. Like The idea was so people could come to your profile and see very quickly the, what kind of stuff you're into. Like, But that's also like, that's just, 
That's brain damage from gaming. I it think, is, because, yeah. <laughs> because I, you know, I'm, I don't know what level I am, but I haven't spent a point in like three levels because there's this thing in the back of my head like, I better save some in case I need some. Yeah. And some other kind. And it's like, for what? Yeah, like, yeah. You're never going to do anything that like requires, <laughs> like you can't read this post if you don't have three in brain. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's, like what is, it's not going to happen. Right, so, right. What am I worried about? I'm worried about it because games have trained me to be worried. Yeah, yeah, to save it in case you may yeah. need it later because you never know if that yeah. boss light's going to come right. and you're going to need to... <laughs> But, and with, like, a lot of developers, they like to leave their stuff ambiguous. And, like, especially with these first-person wandering games. Like, you know, they don't really want to tell you much. They want you to just kind of get absorbed and immersed into the world and get sucked into it and, and explore on your own and kind of discover mm. things on your own. And this is where one of those times where keeping it real went wrong. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you kept it 100 a little too much. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, but... look, I, I don't necessarily blame them. Like, I, I don't think that they should have, like, been like, oh, you needed to message to people that there's a run button. That seems silly. No, I, I think it's just, it seems like a really big, like, innocent misunderstanding on every, every side. Every angle, like, yeah, it's like crazy. everything that could have gone wrong went wrong here, and I don't think anyone's at fault. I don't think the game is bad because of it. I don't think no, the no, reviewers yeah. are bad reviewers because of it. It's just like, it's just one of those things, like, I think people will refer back to for a long time. It's like, remember that time that, like... Everyone got that wrong, and no one knew what the hell. Well, I think also, you know, the people who were kind of burned by this, who are the critics, like, I think they will learn something from this, though. I hope so, yeah. I mean, I think they'll, they won't take things for granted, because I feel like that they did do a little bit of this. Nobody emailed them and said, like, hey, can you run? Well, I'm sure that's what happened. Well, you mean the developers, like, none of the, yeah, they didn't, or they would have figured it out. We asked questions of, like, the developers the publisher, PR Well, look, when you get review copy, they give you contact information. They say, if you have any questions or problems, like, reach out to us, and we'll answer them for you, and it's very helpful sometimes. And I've asked some stupid questions over the, I mean, (laughs) really, like, things I should have known already. But you asked. Yeah. And, you know, Nobody did. Like, nobody <laughs> said, wait a minute, how could this not have, like, a move faster button? Maybe not a run button, but something to make it move faster. And so I do feel like maybe there's a little bit of culpability on the parts of the critics here to not, like, at least wonder and just assume that, well, I've never heard about it till now, so it must not be there. Yeah. So definitely an interesting conundrum. Um, <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> I think it'll be a really long time until we see something like this again because I think everyone's going to both yeah. both sides are going to learn from this. The developers are going to learn. Hey, we should probably tell them about stuff like this. The critics are going to be like, I'm never going to take for granted again that something's just yeah. not there. Like I can think of like in, in, like individual incidents where like a specific reviewer missed something really simple. Yeah, but I can't think of one where everyone everyone was totally on the same because I'm you know. Reviewers do talk sometimes. You know, I remember when uh, I don't remember like Sessler was reviewing something before you before you worked for us when you were on GameStop or GameSpot. I will always mix them. <laughs> Everybody stories. does that. GameStop and GameSpot, whichever <laughs> one I mean to say, I'll say the other one first. Um, I don't remember what game it was. Maybe, maybe it was Conquer. Or it was something, and like you'd both go out to smoke. No, that was Conquer. Was that yeah, Conquer? that's and, how like, I ever first met Adam. Yeah, and you trade like you like he kept getting stuck, and you'd get and like, be like what'd you do to get past this? And, yeah, and, yeah. And that's how we. I think that's how we found you. Maybe. That's how. That's how I met Adam. I was working at GameSpot at the time, and uh, he and I would meet up and talk about Conquer's Bad Fur Day, <laughs> and and then. He ended up offering me a job from that, mm-hmm. and that's how we ever met. That's how I started working at Tech TV and G4, yeah. and it just started the wheels in motion until here we are today, unsifted. Thanks, Rare's Obscure Puzzle Design. <laughs> All right, so for our next topic, we're going to talk about Time, Time's Magazine cover for this month. 
was VR, Oculus specifically. And uh, so everybody is freaking out over the cover because they say that it shows virtual reality in a bad light. And so there you can see the cover. I mean, look, it is kind of <laughs> corny. He's floating on the beach. Um, and that's the founder of Oculus? That is the founder of Oculus, yes. And uh, very... The founder of Oculus is 22? Yeah, very wow. wealthy, very... <laughs> <laughs> Very smart. Yeah. And so, look, Time Magazine is a big deal. And it, look, now we're starting to get to some of the photoshops. So it's turned into like this pop culture phenomenon where people have begun photoshopping the cover and kind of creating their own versions of it. So, yeah, <laughs> there's that one. If you want to flip to the next one. There's <laughs> and this is one of the things I love the Internet for. Is for stuff like this Photoshop. I don't know what he's playing. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've got maybe one more. Yeah. That, there's two more. Yeah. Hang on, Oculus, dude. Yeah. And so yeah, they've been creating memes and. So here's what I want to talk about with this topic, though, is mm-hmm. that a lot of developers who were, are working in VR like freaked out over this. Like a lot of people had fun with it and created the photoshops, but. A lot of people freaked out over this stuff. They were like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I'm working on these games that we're spending all this money on. And, like, they acted as if it was, like, a threat to them. They said it's misrepresenting it. It's making it seem dorky. And it's going to turn... Basically, what they're saying is it's going to turn the mass market away from Oculus Rift, which mm-hmm. is the big headset. It's probably going to be the most successful headset, ultimately. Certainly the most open headset, so I would say it's the best bet. Yeah. But, like, I mean, yeah, I... It's it's a it's a weird looking cover and um, it's an interesting idea that like you blow the whole wad on this cover and it would kind of change how the mainstream accept it. But I don't think they're totally off base because we were talking earlier about you know gaming is kind of an accepted visual thing, a social thing now. We're like seeing someone with a uh, with a controller in their hand is not all that weird anymore. Like, you know, you'll even see, like, non-gaming-related TV shows where, like, um, like you'll, you'll open with, like, people playing a game holding controllers the wrong way or whatever. You know, they'll be upside down or they'll be using both analog sticks wrong or something. But they'll still be playing a game and, like, they'll kind of move from there into the conversation. It's kind of an accepted thing people just do now. VR is going to look weird, VR is going to look super dorky no matter how you slice it. It's going to take us a little bit back to, like, you know, the original NES days when nerds played the games or whatever. And, like, you know, it's a little power glovey. You know, like, if someone's trying to play Mario Brothers with that back then, you're even, we were like, what are you doing? Like, what is that? Yeah. And, um, it's going it, to, I think it's going to be a tough sell to the mainstream. To strap it is nerdy. Your, Here's the thing. It's thing freaking nerdy. For sure. It is nerdy. Get over but it. I get, like, but I, I also, I get what they mean in the sense that that's not helping. You know, like that cover isn't helping. But anything. what could they have done? Like, put them in a closet where you play like Valve VR. So like, I think just not have him be in quite such a, like a twinkle toes kind of pose. Like, that's the thing is like, where well, he's I mean, all I think... up and weird, and like you can't see what he's looking at, and you don't really know what he's doing. Here's the Whereas, thing: though, like, I Time mean, Magazine is a mainstream magazine. Hardcore yeah. gamers do not read Time. It's casual people who are sitting waiting to get their teeth cleaned at the dentist. It's you know, that, those are the people who read Time. And so it does create a double-edged sword because this is your chance to reach these people. And so I see why the developers are angry. Yeah. 
and because they have they're a like lot this of was money tied up. In they're this. like right, and they're like this was our shot to reach these people, and I'm not happy with how it was represented. So I get that part of it, but I also feel like people who would be reading this in Time Magazine, that's what they want to see from virtual reality. They want to mm. be like, oh, I can feel like I'm flying, or I can feel like I'm at the beach when I can't afford to go to the beach, like. I feel like Time is getting way too much flack for this because I feel like they did what they're supposed to do as a publication and they created something for their audience. Their audience, that's what they think VR is. And if they can convey that, yes, you're finally getting what you've wanted from virtual reality after two, three decades, five decades, what holodeck times right. <laughs> dreaming, that you're finally getting this, like that is what will resonate with those people. And I feel like... The developers, one, I agree with you, they are looking at like a big investment that they made is, is, become, is coming under threat. But I honestly think a big part of it too is that like people are angry that it makes gamers look like dorks again. Like, Yeah, but it's going to. I mean, that's what VR is going to do to some degree. It is. There's like, no way to make VR out, look cool. Yeah, when VR comes out, there's going to be a lot of YouTube videos of people playing VR stuff and looking like weirdos. You know, like that's just inevitable. Well, I think the other thing, too, is I don't care if people view me as a nerd. No, like, absolutely not. There's a lot of people who I play played, games. I've played Oculus stuff, and it's amazing. Like, like the, the Valkyrie, the EVE dogfighting simulator. Like, I'd almost buy an Oculus Rift just for that. Yeah, because yeah. that is, it's so good. It's, I mean, it's, it puts you there in a way that you, you know, I mean, yeah, your brain kind of makes it real when you play it on a normal monitor or whatever, but it, that game put me there. You know, and I only got to play it for, like, three minutes, and I would have, like, I would have stabbed a man to sit there all day and play it all day. I mean, it's 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 it, and that was like a super. That was like an SD, you know. I think developer hit one like two years ago at E3, yeah. and now you know that stuff looks even better. And so that's the the difficulty of VR. And I think you know if you know people who were freaking out, you know, the developers were freaking out about this being portrayed wrong. I think this is a little bit of a wake up call, in the sense that it's probably it's, not going to go mainstream, no, bro. Well, also, it's probably not. Well, also. Like, this is something you you know not this for a is, while. Also, this is gonna be a problem. Like like you look ridiculous doing this. Yeah. I mean, you also looked ridiculous playing the Wii, and that wasn't a problem. But that was more of a social thing. This feels more like you're kind of going into an isolation. We well, are shutting everything shutting out. Shutting everything out. And like you're. This is a problem that the VR you know industry. I don't know what you call it. The VR subset. The VR industry. Or whatever is gonna have to get out ahead of. Like this is the thing that that's. Here's your challenge, VR PR people. Because it is it's here like, now, you're right. Yeah, you're going to have to sell normal people on making themselves look like that in the name of selling this device to them. Because the thing is, no matter how stupid you think you look with that thing on, as soon as you put it on, you get it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But you have to put it on. You have to put it on. Yeah, you'll thing. never get it until you wear it. And even, like, videos don't do it. You, know, you just don't get it. And every, I'm sure everyone who's watching who has you know tried these things... Is, is kind of nodding their head because it's like you have to put it in someone's hands or yeah. put it on someone's head rather but it's like you know and that's what you need to do and like that's how you got got to get ahead of it and even if it takes setting up crazy big areas in Best Buy or whatever with like you know those like like the old dactyl nightmare like setup where you stood on that podium with like bumpers around you so and like put the headset on and, and shot things like you have to get it in people's hands you have to let them touch it and see it and be there Here's my thing. It's like people who... And they're going to look like that cover oh, yeah. when they do it. You are. And here's, here's my thing is, that, you know, people... The definition of nerd has changed drastically in the yeah. last, like, 20 years. Like, playing games when we were growing up was not cool, man. Like, there was an arcade phase where it was kind of cool to hang out at the arcade. But, like, 
playing like home console games was never really cool. Like no. there's a reason like gaming exploded like at the PlayStation and the PlayStation 2 era. I mean, that's really when it became mainstream. Before that, it was like 20 million of us all around the mm. world who really loved it. And like we suffered through what it was what it's like to really be a nerd to be like the outcast like the person who was different from everybody else for doing this you're, you're not a nerd anymore if you're playing video games and i feel like a lot of people say oh i'm a nerd and they assign this like tag to themselves but they don't really know what it really is and so now when they see this magazine cover they're they're real nerds now, mm-hmm. and I feel like there's this whole like inner turmoil thing going on inside them. Where like, but that I don't want to be that. It's like I'm a nerd, but I'm not that kind of nerd. It's like, well, then you you were never really a nerd in the first place, man. Like, yeah. this is what a nerd really does. He does stuff that other people think looks weird because he doesn't care because he's really into it. And it's like you know these girls that wear like I love nerd shirts. No, you don't love nerds. You love some guy who sold his company for four hundred million dollars. Like. The, I, I think there are real ones out there, but like real what? Nerd. Like, oh real, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, you know, gr- but some those, of the girls wearing the I Love Nerds shirts are legit. Oh, um, you think? Yeah. No, I'm not. Ta- I'm not talking about like nerdy girls. I'm talking about these like general. ten out of ten girls that wear like you know models who are like I love. They don't love nerds. They love people who made a lot of money off of technology, and they like people who surf the internet. Like they don't love the guy who's going to sit in his in his house. And not go out for two days because he's programming something. Or he's creating a mod for Skyrim. Or they don't love the real nerds. They love the people who can, like, buy stuff that makes them look like nerds. Not people who live, like, the nerd life. And I feel like a lot of the... You're you're drawing that line between, like, geek chic. Right. And, like, actually... Who is a real nerd? The people who are the programmers, the people who are the creators, the people who are trying new things, and they don't care how they look to other people when they do it, and they don't care Mm -hmm. the response they get from other people when they do it. Like I'm not necessarily. That's the thing is I'm not necessarily interested in who's the true nerd, who's the real nerd. But I think you're right in that VR is going to be one hell of a litmus test for the people who are into it because they love gaming and they want to see the next step in that genre, in that medium's evolution, versus people who are like. Oh, this is cool, and it becomes like kind of a social thing. You know, there's going to be definitely be the early adopters on the VR thing are going to be going to have their metal tested a little bit, I think, because yeah. you're gonna you're gonna reset that nerd clock a little bit to kind of the late '80s when it wasn't cool to sit around playing Mario, you know, on the couch all the time. Yeah, and and now you're going to be in this other this whole other world and. I love that VR is bringing all this up, by the way. Oh, yeah. Like, it's awesome. Like, it's good to finally see this paradigm shift where there are, like, true nerds again. <laughs> like, it's not, it's not yet a, an accepted part of pop and culture. And you so money at this thing, too. Yeah, I mean, look, if you put, like, Miyamoto or somebody, or Phil Spencer on the cover of Time magazine, this wouldn't have happened. Like, you know, yeah. it's an accepted part of pop culture lexicon that those guys make games that it's okay to play. Like... VR, shutting yourself off, isolating yourself, that is always going to be looked at as antisocial behavior. And antisocial behavior is always frowned upon by the mainstream. And that is going to be a big hurdle for VR to get past. Well, I think we'll see. I mean, there was a time, I remember when I was a kid and Walkmans came out, that putting the, head, the Walkman headphones on was like 
a social faux pas. Like well, there's people, still a bit of a stigma to people little, that wear headphones everywhere. That hasn't bit, changed. People walk around with their iPhone headphones in all the time, and you know, talking on the phone like crazy people speaking to the air, and like you know, I mean, yeah, we, you know, you'll see it, you'll you know, you'll hear it in the grocery store, and you're like, oh, where? But like, it's not like it was that. You know, people will get used to it. People are now used to people looking down at their phones all the time and not engaging with people on the street or elsewhere. I think the VR thing, you know, give it ten years. Yeah, you know, give give it enough time to. We're at the dawn of this technology right now. I mean, we forget. You know, it took video games what twenty years before they were really socially accepted as like pop culture. If you go back to the beginning of the, you know, like the Pac-Man Space Invaders days, I think I think around ninety nine, two thousand, the advent of Halo. Really, it was. I think the ad. I think the thing that changed everything was that graphics got good enough that we didn't have to. You didn't have to imagine and abstract things as much anymore. It was a more complete experience, and it was more complete. Analog to film. I think the subject matter too. Yeah, like Metal Gear Solid on the original PlayStation was one of those games that kind of turned the tide, where people were like, "Oh, maybe games are kind of cool mm. because they're not just all about like a plumber jumping on a, a yeah. Goomba." Well, I, and think, I think the main. Sh- I don't have any evidence of this, just my own experience. But I think what really changed was the fact that when you played Metal Gear Solid Two, or you played Halo One, or you played Ocarina of Time. What you saw in that game was what we saw in our heads when we played all that time. Stuff yeah, yeah. Like when we played Legend of Zelda One on the NES, we basically saw in our heads what was on screen in Ocarina. You're right. You're totally right. And now, someone who didn't engage with that medium the way we always did could get that same experience and that same reward out of it. And I think that's why gaming exploded when it did, when it stopped having that abstraction. And I also think. That's one reason, like, the indie game explosion happened with people like us, you know, and, and kind of the old school gamers really like that stuff, and there's all that kind of pixel art and kind of the throwbacks to the old games, because they bring back that feeling of abstracting uh, abstracting the setting versus the gameplay, where, like, you can play the game, and you can kind of help you create it along with the game in your head in, in the way you did in the old days, and that's just not, you know, that, I think that's the big dividing line between, like, AAA blockbuster games and like kind of the smaller indie games is like you know like Galaxy I'm playing right now and like that brings me all the way back to like those old games where it's like it's like yeah I got to imagine all this stuff happening correctly and it's such a weird yeah thing and it's just it's I think that's the difference and VR it's it's it, you've got both of those things tugging against each other because on one hand you have the most non-abstract you know we will do the holodeck for you kind of thing experience, which I think is what the mainstream wants. No, for sure. Versus you have to look like a total dweeb. Yeah. And like, which one's going to win? Maybe that's why Microsoft is onto something with HoloLens. It could be. Yeah. Like just wearing that, you know, wearing the Dragon Ball Z, uh, you know, you know, over 9,000 detector thing. Yeah. I'm too old to know what it's actually <laughs> called. Shut up. Um, I was, I was that far too old to know Power Rangers and Dragon Ball. Yeah. But, um, you know, that's the kind of, uh, you know, that may be kind of a compromise. I think VR is going to separate the wheat from the chaff as far as the nerds are concerned. You could be right. I think you're going to see who the real nerds are when it comes to plunking down that kind of money to wear something that makes you look that ridiculous. Well, I am, At least I, in the short term, maybe not I welcome term. anyone who wants to have a nerd off. Never considered them a real, <laughs> themselves a real nerd but like can't resist the VR thing because, you know, more you know, I love it. It's, you know, I'm into it, <laughs> but I am definitely on the real nerd side of that because you know, just, all I needed was to play that that Valkyrie demo, and I'm like, yeah, I believe, I yeah. believe it. And I don't know if I 
700 here's, dollars here's what i have to say like. fellow nerds we don't need to be accepted by the mainstream we're okay being our own subculture we don't have to be accepted by other people to be okay i've done it since i was a little kid i think i've turned out okay we'll survive Let's do this. The thing I love about the mainstream thing, though, is that it gives the people who make the games so much more money to play with. Yeah, that's true. That's I've a gotten good point. some really good gaming experiences out of the fact that a bunch of people who didn't play games when I was a kid play them now. Yeah. So that's kind of my... my I'm not saying I don't want new people in gaming. I'm just yeah. saying that those people are going to be really nervous about playing with, around with VR and spending that kind so, of money to so do something I, ridiculous. So I, to some degree. But I'm, I, it's just, you know... Too tempting. It's too tempting to have that experience just sitting there, tantal- waiting for you, tantalizing you. Yeah. I'm, I'm really afraid I'm going to buy Morpheus to play No Man's Sky in <laughs> VR. I'm really. I don't want to. I don't want to spend all that. Well, extra actually, money didn't you see that, the, the big story now? Is like he said, oh, he's actually they're talking about like No Man's Sky, like it may not have VR. Well, it's gotta. Have, I mean, no, now. Yeah, I guess. Eventually. But now the developers are saying, well, it might have VR. I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Like, you've been saying all along, this is like the killer app for Morpheus. Like, I don't I, know what happened there. I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't know what the truth is. You know, sometimes yeah. people say this or that or whatever. But I, I, I'm, I don't believe for a second that at the very, you know, maybe that's, it's such a small team. Maybe they gotta concentrate and just get the game done. Don't worry about Morpheus yet. No. But I'm sure at some point you can play that game. Maybe a PC version will be Oculus ready. I don't know, yeah. but, but at some point you can you have to be able to play that game in in in, in VR. Same with like Elite Dangerous or Star Citizen. Like yeah. sitting in a cockpit is such a good first Natural, VR yeah. experience. It is. When I played Valkyrie, I got dizzy yeah. at some point, and all and and I was like, oh my god! And the guy who was like supervising said, look down, look at yourself, look down. And you look down at your own like digital body, yeah. and your brain kind of. Figures Re- it out. Recalibrates yeah. to where yeah. you are, and I was like, "That was am- that was." Thank you. Know, you. <laughs> you have those little transcendent experiences in your gaming career, yeah. and that was one of them for me. Where I'm just like, "Oh my god!" I looked at a fake version of myself, and I wasn't dizzy anymore. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty trippy. All right, we should move on. We talked yeah. about that a lot longer than we probably should have, but it was a good conversation nonetheless. So, on to the last topic of the big six. This is quickly becoming a tradition here on Game Face. After a big trade show, we do two up. Two down. So if you weren't around for our post-E3 show, basically what we do is we pick two games where our hype level increased after the trade show, and then we pick two games where our hopes and dreams were deflated after they're <laughs> showing at the show. Here's the funny part about this, Matt. We were going back and forth. We basically picked the same, same stuff. stuff, but we wanted to keep the conversation uh, interesting, so we've kind of switched things up a little bit. I guess the first thing we can say is for Up... We both chose, well, let's talk about Star Wars Battlefront first. Yeah. Because we initially both chose that, but... Yeah. I'll let you have it. Yeah, you let me have <laughs> it. <laughs> because also, like, I'm a giant Star Wars fan. Right. No, See, that I, was why... I was, was always going to like yeah. it, so you I was confused. better... I was confused of why you would add that, because I already knew you were, like, hyped to the moon over this but game. But you add, you know, I'm a flight person you know I'm a you like flight games and yeah. like they adding that flight you know the flight squadron thing also um I mean look it's the most awesome looking rogue squadron yeah. you could ever dream well, of well it's so good that they I mean it's not good but like we we missed a generation of Star Wars games outside yeah. of Force Unleashed 1 and 2 which didn't really and we missed a whole generation there and then even the ones before that were a lot very Clone Wars and prequel focused so yeah. this is you know 
almost two generations of no really top quality original trilogy content. And look at that. Oh, man, look it's amazing. It's, like, it's crazy <laughs> a Star Wars game looks like. I'm too. honestly, I think, maybe more interested in this mode than, like, the shooter I am, stuff. For sure. But I'll tell you that the other thing that got me is, like, you know, at the presentation they showed this, and then they talked some more, and they showed, like, we're going to show you one little last montage thing of stuff. And a lot of it was old footage in the montage, but the last thing had those two rebel soldiers come around a corner and one gets cho force choked. Oh, and yeah, you yeah. see him from his point of view and you see him get force choked and thrown across against the bulkhead. Yeah, yeah. And he comes around the corner and Vader's just like, not running, he, Vader's just walking down yeah. that corner and he just deflects a bunch of bolts without breaking stride and brings the saber down. Yeah. And it's like, that is as scary as Darth Vader should be. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it was, it, I, they're nailing it with this game on a level see that I... I'm excited about. I know it's just it's just Battlefield Four hose down in Star Wars juice. I was excited, exactly, yeah. exactly, and that's why I was excited about it, but not like through the moon excited yeah. about it. Like I was like, you know, I played a lot of shooters. I'm pretty picky with shooters at this point because I spent so much time playing them. The shooting part of it really had me concerned. You know, I was mm -hmm. like, I could see myself and playing Battlefront this. Two had some floatiness. To it, it did. Too. But you know they've they've said that you know there's a lot of auto aim involved and like there's mm -hmm. you can't aim down the reticle and I'm like how but how much precision is going to be involved in playing this? So what mm -hmm. I was, was like okay what's going to happen is I'm going to play this for a week my whole fanboy Star Wars thing is eventually going to wear off and I'll move on and play something else. So to see this mode so fully fleshed out and so amazing looking, knowing that I will have something to fall back on if the shooting doesn't resonate with me. Really, really shot it up for me. So look at that. I mean, that oh, it's stunning. Look at how many ships are in are in some mm -hmm. of these scenes as well. So, yeah. Uh, now both of us, Matt, are all over <laughs> this game. It did win Game of the Show at Gamescom. It basically won consensus Game of the Show at E3, which I kind of disagreed with at the time. Now I do not disagree with it. I am so freaking pumped for this game. Yeah. I mean, I was. I'm kind of in the same boat with you on the ground combat stuff. I'm a little. I wonder if I'll want to play it more than a couple weeks. But this, the flight mode, it's on my up because this flight mode is so what I wanted from it. And yep. I'm, I'm excited. So, Matt, you swapped out that pick so we could talk about some more games. Yes. And your first up is? Destiny. Um, and, you know, I, we just went over all the MMO stuff. But um, I played Destiny for about a month when it came out. So I probably put like 100-something hours into it. I, got I, I played it for about a month, but I didn't put 100 hours I into it. I played it a lot. I really, <laughs> I really enjoyed the moment-to-moment -moment gameplay. I thought, I thought almost everything else was annoying. But every, and I'd sit there on that load screen and just be like, I, I, should, I, I want to stop. I should play something else. I don't play. And then you'd start it again, and you'd pop that first head. And like that moment-to-moment -moment gameplay, that bungee shooting action was so so good to me that I'd forget to stop yeah. playing it. And eventually it, you know, I, I, I was a Forever 29. I never, you know, I never even finished the raid. I, some of the, actually some of my friends with the, the PR guys like were kind enough to try to like take me and my friend through the raid and we never quite made it. And like I, I stopped, stopped at like level 26 or I got to level 29. I just, you know, I hit that point where it's like, oh, you got to do the raid. The raid's really hard. You need the raid gear to do the raid. I'm like, but how do you get the raid gear? Well, you do the raid. It's like, well, what are you, what are you doing? Like, what are you... It's like so, the chicken or the egg. So I kind of lost interest. I've, I haven't logged in. I logged in last week and that, to get like strange coins. And, that was, uh -huh. and But now they're changing it so that like, you level up normally, normally like, like any yeah, other video level game. Level cap of forty, you will level up by gaining experience, and you will, you know. And obviously, there will be probably raid gear. There'll be raid gear and stuff that you know, like in World of Warcraft, your level cap, but you need to boost your stats beyond that with the special gear yeah. 
to handle the hardest stuff. Yeah. But that's fine. But like, you have to make me feel like I'm progressing. And then they've got, you know, to to have your progression of your character at the mercy of just the random number god is terrible. It's, it it's is so yeah. bad. And I just you felt like you'd wasted whole nights at times. And I had to walk away from it. But changing it like that and the new adjustment where like the you know the random number god is like. Going to take a look at um, you know what you have, kind of guess what you need, and kind of maybe help you out in that. Term. Like, because that's the thing. It's like, help me out, man. I paid money for your game. You're not trying to suck a subscription out of me. So well, they like, are going to suck another well, like yeah, forty dollars out of you for the taking game. <laughs> but it's like, but it looks good, and I and, and and you know the changes to the classes look cool, and I'm interested in that. And like, kind of I the, think the story, the story finally looks, looks like it. Ma- something may happen that I, I care wanted, about. I wanted to mention it to ask you actually. Because uh, they're, you know, Nolan North is the new uh, voice of the ghost, and they actually had him re-record uh, all the original Peter Dinklage's stuff. lines. Have you ever heard of anything like that before? Never. Especially uh-uh. like when Dinklage was such a major part. And I, I, I so want to know what happened there. Was no, they like- announced it today. What happened? Oh. Well, they went on the record today to say what happened. They just said it was like scheduling conflicts that they needed mm-hmm. to work with Peter Dinklage, and he couldn't do it. He's and a busy man. He is for sure. And so they were like, "Well, you know, we we." don't want to lack continuity with the mm-hmm. game going forward so we're going to bring in a new guy we're going to have him revoice all the stuff that you already voice and he is going to be the voice of the ghost going forward so i mean look peter dinklage got paid he got yeah. all the fame from the launch of the game and people played the game with him in it for almost yeah. a year he will um, always be my wizard on the moon yeah <laughs> um, so that's what happened with that that was actually that came out yesterday i think okay. or maybe early this I've been, morning i've been basically offline for several days because uh i was at a wedding up, yeah. in, up in the middle of nowhere so uh <laughs> i played a lot of catch-up today yeah but um but um, you know that could i think i'm going to go back the I think story I, the the, yeah. the cinematic trailer that they put out, i don't know if you've seen it since you were offline but they put out a cinematic trailer that we were just showing while we were talking mm-hmm. and it is awesome like it gave me somebody to hate like (laughs) like who was really the enemy in destiny it's like oh there's this darkness this ambiguous group of whatever that like Mm -hmm. you're supposed no one gave me a reason to really hate them like i always wondered like if really i was the bad guy when i played destiny like i was always waiting if they're gonna do this flip-flop thing where you find out that thing about how like where you find out the darkness is actually the good guys and like you're the bad guys like the guardians seems like that was the original idea if you look at some of those like expose things that yeah you know about half a year ago where it was like yeah i mean the traveler was supposed like we were the ones killing the traveler but maybe we didn't quite know it or something like that. right but like they've kind of it looks like they're finally sort of taking like the the readjusted story and like Taking it in a direction where it works, yeah. And uh, I mean, I'll try it again. You know, I'm, I'm. I didn't think I would come back because, like you said, I'm going back. Yeah, I, and I haven't like played you, it since yeah. I finished the campaign. Because like you said, I, whenever you log in, it's just like I feel like I don't even speak the same language as the yeah. people that are there still been playing it. Yeah. And that, but I feel like I'm. I'm gonna try it. Like I. I really want that game to be to be what I play. Uh, I. That, I also agree that game went up for me, but you know we can't. All, we can't keep yeah. picking the same ones. And so actually, we did settle on one that we both selected to finish up our our two ups, and that is Scalebound. Yep. Um, Platinum. On fire, <laughs> still. I mean, I, I don't know. understand it, man. When do they sleep? I, I don't know, but <laughs> it's like not only are they good at what they do, but they just keep picking like dream projects. For I me, mean, this is this is Scalebound is what I, you know, in my head, Drakengard was yeah. back in the PS2 days, as opposed to like, yeah, I like the Drakengard games, but they're basically just Dynasty Warriors with a dragon hanging around. Yeah, and this is like, I mean, this is. Uh, 
it's 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 a realization of something that you always wanted but didn't know you wanted. Well, I mean, it's going back to what we were talking about World of Warcraft, like RPGs with great combat. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what I've wanted, and that's what we're going to get with this game. And you know, it's, it's not even just that. It's like you also have this huge beast that follows around and is like your ally, and like it has its own AI and it attacks on its own, or you can order it to do stuff mm-hmm. like. And you're, it's like I love like the buddy system of you plus this huge creature fighting other people who are like normal human size with other massive creatures. Like yeah. I just love the whole aesthetic and of it. Kudos to those like three soldiers for facing down the guy with a dragon back in yeah, the Yeah, yeah. I was like, wow, <laughs> you are dedicated to your jobs there. Well, so that does kind of bring me to my one big gripe <laughs> about this game. Yeah, like I mean, look. Jet Set Radio versus Drakengard thing. Yeah. But it looks so good, and like you say, you know the combat's going to be so That's what I'm saying. Like, a, a really deep action RPG... I mean, I'm hoping this game... I mean, I'd be shocked if it were, but I'm hoping this game is somewhere around the same size as, like, The Witcher. If you know to play again... Look, The Witcher's combat isn't bad. I'm not saying it's bad, but, but, but it's it not this. It's not platinum, that's for <laughs> sure. And so, being able to play an action RPG with that level of combat... Look, I don't think it's, like, Bayonetta or anything. It doesn't yeah. look to be that deep, which might be overkill for a game like this. But even if you start approaching that level of depth in the combat, I'm going to be really happy. But and you know it'll feel good. Oh, yeah, of course. The, the impact will feel perfect. And then, going back to what we were, I was saying before, the one thing that does concern me about this game is it seems awful cheesy. Like, <laughs> you know, it gives me a little yeah. bit of that DMC, Devil May Cry vibe, where they're, he's constantly, like, firing off one-liners that don't really make a whole lot of sense and aren't really funny and aren't really clever. And, like, he, you know, he puts the headphones on. Like, you know, there's also a question of how does the plot work as far as, you know, why is he wearing, like, Beats by Dre, but he's, like, <laughs> running around, like, with dragons? You know, there's there's that kind of part of it. I'm sure they explain it in some crazy way. Maybe it's, like, a an Assassin's Creed thing where you go mm-hmm. in, into some machine or whatever. You know, I don't know. They may have even mentioned it. I just haven't seen that information yet. But, so, yeah, the aesthetics of it are, are a little concerning. Like, the story could be completely hokey. But you know what? I've fought through hokey Japanese games before yeah. and enjoyed the living crap out of them. So, and if you can blow the, the limb off a giant mantis like yeah. that, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to forgive a lot. For sure. It definitely feels really rewarding. Um, it looks unlike really anything out there. It doesn't really look like Monster Hunter. No. Um, it doesn't look like Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, they're there. It looks exactly like Horizon yeah, Zero okay, Dawn. <laughs> yeah. But I like. I mean, but Monster look, you Hunter don't have an ally in Horizon. You don't have right. this like massive creature that you could that follows you around and takes care of you. You that don't transform into like some crazy beast like you do in this game. This we game should. is all sorts of awesome looking, man. I mean, there's a reason we both chose it as one of the ups. So. Yeah. This could be a massive exclusive for Xbox One. Like it yeah, could, this could. This could move some systems. This game could right finally game. be what we had talked about a couple weeks ago on the show. This could finally be a needle mover for Xbox One. We were talking about how it needed one. The games that we were seeing weren't really doing it. Talking about Forza and Fable and stuff like that, and Gears of War. This game could actually be something that moves yeah, the needle for Xbox with One. The, the co-op. Yep. Co-op on this is, is... They haven't said much about it, but yep. the co-op on this could be... I mean, four people with four dragons with four... I mean, that, that would be amazing. Yep. So we got to move on. We yep. are running out of, time, out of time here. It's time for us to go on the negative and start talking about games that didn't impress us much at the show. I'll kick it off. Actually, we're both kicking it off together mm-hmm. with a game that did not impress either one of us, and that is Final Fantasy Fifteen. And I would like this game to impress me. Uh, we all would. It's just not... Like, that trailer is... 
inexplicable. Well, we're not even watching the trailer now. We're watching the gameplay. Yeah. But here's my thing. So remember, they blew off E3 with this game. Mm -hmm. They said, oh, no, don't worry. We are going to tear the roof off of Gamescom with Final Fantasy XV. It's going to be its big blowout. We're going to pass up E3, the show where there's the most eyes on it, to have this big feature at Gamescom. And then what did we get? We got this that we're watching right now, which is basically running down a hill <laughs> until you run into, and look, it is cool to see a classic Final yeah, Fantasy. sure, but we just saw Scalebound. Right. You know, yeah. Like, in a very similar environment, doing way more interesting things. Yeah. I mean, look, it's cool to see Marlboro and all that, but look, they don't even fight him. Like, he shows up, yeah. they, like, hunker down, and then it ends. And then the trailer that you're talking about... Yeah, it was. it's like... It was kind of like an is like an attempted rape, and then like um, a guy holds his child for like a minute and a half. Yeah, and, like and look, like a prologue thing. And yeah, it's like, I get they're trying to kind of set this because you know we really don't know anything about the game in terms of the story of this year. Like why are, why are they driving a convertible sports car around a giant dragon monster? Like nobody knows anything, but at the same time, it's. Just shut up and put it out. I mean, well, the weird part too is that they had teased on Twitter that like the day before this dog, like literally they put up like yeah, a, a two-second yeah. video clip of just the dog, and so everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, the dog! The dog's a big deal in the game. It's going to be like Fallout or whatever." And it's just a little bit in the trailer. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing. Look, I, I understand what they're doing here. They're building like this bond between the father and son, and like the son is actually one of the main characters in the game. I'm sure it'll provide motivation for him in the when he's actually in the game at 15 years later or whatever. Right, but it's been 11 years. Or but there's something. no context you, yeah, for you need this. To show me, yeah. There's no context for it, so it lacks there's like the, the punch. Again. Yeah, yeah. So it lacks the punch. It's like if you don't understand like how this ties into anything else, and like you said, like the earlier scenes of this trailer are just completely random. Yeah. Just a bad, bad showing for this game. Like no real demo. It's just that like pre-prepared gameplay clip that was really poorly produced and poorly captured, and just all around a bad, bad showing for this game. Like, uh, you know. It could be amazing. It could, could be. be. It's I, someone on I don't remember if it was Twitter or Tumblr, but they pointed out like it has now been more days since they announced this game than there were days between the release of Final Fantasy One and Final Fantasy Seven. That's insane. That's they, <laughs> at one point Square put out seven games, seven games in this series in the space it's taken them to not even yet get this one out. Yeah. And so at some point you have to wonder is like, like is this going to be worth? I mean, can it possibly live up to even the most base expectations after 11 years of waiting for it. I it's going to be tough. All right, so let's move on to our individual picks. My mm -hmm. other pick for my second down is Crackdown 3. Wow. What, what, what about the showing there really knocked it down for you? It looks just like Crackdown 1 and Crackdown 2. You're not wrong. <laughs> You're not wrong at all. And I did not like either one of those games. I liked <laughs> the first one a little more than the second one. The second one was just dreadful. And it just looks like the same thing. The, the, the destruction thing, obviously, is a big element of this. Mm -hmm. um, and they did like a separate demo where they showed how using the cloud, you can do crazy stuff with the destruction. The problem is, is that like that only works in the campaign. It doesn't work in the multiplayer. So there's no destruction in that because you have all these people and like, I think in the one demo they said to like do some of the things they were doing. They were using like five like cloud servers. 
Like, wow. yeah, they, they could like show it like ramping up the servers as like he kept doing stuff and like increasing the demand. It's really cool, by the way, what they're doing. Like to be able to get that much more juice out of hardware using the cloud, really, really mm -hmm. cool idea. And then look, it will pay dividends in the campaign. But to me, that's all there is in this game, is the destruction. Like, You're waiting I have, for that to be used in a game you want to play. Yeah, I just haven't seen anything else compelling about it. Like, I'm, ex I'm excited in the sense that it's like more crackdown, but like, I don't have a counter to what you just said, because it's true. Like, yeah. You're right. It's, it's the same thing, and hopefully it's more one than two. Yeah. That's all I can say about crackdown right now. Yeah. And to me, that's not good enough. I mean... Yeah. I... I, I I see what you mean. I had expectations for it going into Gamescom, knowing it was going to be unveiled, and ultimately I was disappointed with what I saw. So, look, I hope it proves me wrong. I hope that destruction is like the most awesome thing ever, and it completely changes my <laughs> mind on the series. But based upon what I saw from Gamescom, um, my vibe on it is definitely running a little low. Yeah. And uh, my down, my other down would be uh, it's a little more personal, I guess, but it's Sims Four. <laughs> That's an odd pick. Uh, it is an odd <laughs> pick, but like. Part of this is like I don't really play The Sims too much, but my girlfriend is a Sims addict. She yeah. has like thirty gigs of Sims Three user generated content on her computer, and like she just she makes you know she makes all these crazy houses and crazy families and all this stuff, and like she doesn't care about Sims Four at all. And like this, it's just like the way they've they've kind of broken all this stuff and like sucked more content out and like changed like how you can even interact with it mod wise and. And like you know, they, they announced the new, they showed the new expansion, and they had a really kind of embarrassing thing <laughs> where, yeah. where everybody. Yeah, that stage show was terrible. And, and this and, is the trailer for the expansion we're seeing yeah. right here. It's basically like a social expansion. It's like and, all about hanging out with other Sims. And I asked her like, you know, once this was all the information came out, I'm like, so would you you want Sims Four yet? Do you want? And she's like, no, like not even close. Like she's, I'm just going to play this some more. And it's like, it's crazy that. You know, it, someone it, who's that addicted to the game into, you know, and, and, has not moved up to Sims so 4. So it moves down for me, not that I'm like super excited about Sims 4 expansions, but it moves down for me in the sense that it seems like such a no-brainer like how you, you know, they've got such this unique fan base and these people that love this game and and they don't seem to listen to them at all and like it seems like it should be so simple, but they're just obsessed with like Giving them the same content again, you know, it's like it's the same with Sims Two, where they really sell the expansions, and and then Sims Three, they launch. You can't launch with all that stuff, but like yeah. all, some, all, a lot of the Sims Three expansions even have equivalent expansions with the same kind of type of content on the Sims Two, and now they're trying to kind of do it again with Sims Four. And Sims, I feel like you just needed a whole new approach to Sims Four, and it's not there, and they're not evolving in response to the community kind of telling them like. This isn't working for us, right. and and we'd rather just play our really complete Sims Three game than wait for you to get Sims Four up to up speed. To speed yeah. And it would be a shame to see that franchise. You know, EA is not afraid to shut down. Oh, I know. A franchise is not working anymore. Yeah. It'd be a shame to see the Sims go away, for just sure. because it's such a staple in gaming. Fair enough. All right, that'll do it for the last topic of the Big Six. Our trailer of the week this week. It was hard to pick. I mean, obviously yeah. with Gamescom. Tons of great trailers coming out. But ultimately, there was one that bubbled up to the top, and that is Battletoads in Killer Instinct <laughs> Rash. And it's not just because it's a really crazy idea to have someone from Battletoads in Killer Instinct. It's actually how they handle the trailer. It's a mix of, like, the old school... Well, I'll just let you see it. Let's roll it.
That's pretty awesome, man. Yeah, it is. It's, <laughs> it's, I was wondering when Rare Replay why they had like like kind of realistic drawings for the for the Battletoads now, and I guess it was because they've got some Killer Instinct action. Well, a lot of people were talking about uh, making like a new Battletoads mm-hmm. game, and I was like, man, I don't know if that would work. Like, how do you make like a character model of like a toad? Like that, <laughs> yeah. But after seeing it, I'm like, you it know works. what? It works. Like, like I would right play all that crazy like morphine and like making the yeah. limbs grow and like, it's 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 hard to kind of imagine. But then you see it. And it's like, I would play oh, it. Yeah. I would play yeah. that game. I yeah. did. I, I tried to play as him in uh, in Killer Instinct when they first announced it last week, but I couldn't get it to update. So there you have it. So. Our deep dive this week is not going to be its own topic. We're basically just going to tie up some loose ends from Gamescom that we weren't able to get to throughout the course of the show because we did have some other topics we wanted to talk about and not just make it 100% about Gamescom. So we're going to run down through a couple of kind of the bigger games and some games that made their debuts there and talk about them. The first one I want to talk about is Quantum Break. Um, what I was calling the Number Microsoft 3, right. which was Scalebound, Quantum Break, and, and Crackdown, were like the three we're games that they put off from E3 to show at Gamescom. And so this was the third one. Um, I was really excited about this game um, leading up to Gamescom. And actually for E3, I was really disappointed when it wasn't shown there. This one I almost added is like one of my downs, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so we find out that... The television show integration is maybe a little more heavy-handed than we thought. Like, I honestly thought that it was like a deal where you play the game, and then maybe the plot leaves off in the game, and then you go and you maybe you watch a little bit of the show, and then the plot stops there, and then you pick it back up in the game. But that's not actually how it works. It's like they're actually interwoven in, in within each other. So it's almost like a game that has, like, FMV. Like, right. Like a little Sega CD action going on there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm skeptical about this game in a weird way because, like, I just. This, I mean, it looks cool. There's a lot of cool ideas in it, but like, I just wonder. Like, I don't quite have an idea of what I'm going to do in it or what that integration is. And the more I find out about the FMV integration, the more I like you know, the TV integration. I question it. And uh, like right now, it's like if it wasn't being made by the Alan Wake and uh, Max Payne guys, I would be much more skeptical than I am. Yeah, I mean, the, look, the gameplay looked good. It looked fun. Like, the time-shifting looked quick and intuitive and reactive. And, you know, anytime you're dealing with, like, time-shifting, it can always get a little clunky where you're almost kind of sitting around waiting for stuff to happen. Um, I didn't feel like it looked that way. Um, but it's just, you know, they put out a separate trailer just with, like, the live-action people. Like, it's starring, like, the Iceman from, from like, the... Oh, from Game of Thrones? Or... No, no, no. Oh, no was... From Fantastic Four, I think it is. No, or from oh, X-Men? X-Men. Yeah. X-Men, yeah. And it's him and Littlefinger from Game of Little Thrones. Is one, there's, a, there's a lieutenant from The Wire plays one of the characters in it. And so, look, they've got, like, big actors, like, yeah. who are playing parts in it. But, dude, I just don't want to watch a TV show when I'm trying to play a video game. And so I'm really concerned about it. Um, it looks like the game part of it's going to be okay. I'm not so co- yeah. sure about the whole I'm in full TV show part. mode on that, on that one, I yeah. think. But and, uh, it's also you, coming out not too long from now. It's coming out in the spring. So, yeah. do you think uh, holding those three back was worth it in the end? Yeah, because look, it, they won Gamescom, mm-hmm. hands down. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even a competition. Like it wasn't even close. Like Microsoft destroyed Gamescom. Like it yeah. was their show. Like They're, Sony had a booth there, but there was no news coming out. Like I thought that Horizon Zero Dawn was going to be. They didn't show squat from that game from there. Like 
They owned Even it. Even though Gorilla's European. That's, that was, that's surprising. Yeah. And so, you know, Microsoft held its own at E3. I mean, could it have oh, you're, won you're with those games right. at E3? Mm, not against that Sony press Probably conference. not. So uh, you're right. it held its own without them, and then it goes to Gamescom, and it wins and gets all the attention. So I think it was absolutely the right move to hold those. Yeah. Um, I wish I could have gone and played point. some of them, but yeah, we'll see. I would have loved to have seen scale about them. Okay, so let's move on to Metal Gear Solid Five: Phantom Pain. Put out a new trailer. It wasn't overindulgent. It no. was just a couple minutes long, and I thought it was a really good trailer. And in fact, I think it is the best trailer for the game so far mm-hmm. by a wide margin because it is it casts a wide net. It shows tons of the game, different elements of the game, a bunch of interesting plot stuff that kind of had been held under wraps for a long time. Um, it's exciting. It moves. I-, I thought this was the best trailer for the game so far. So I thought they did a good job there. And then the demo that they had did at Gamescom, which was all about Mother Base. And it's <laughs> freaking awesome, man. Like, this one almost made it on my up. Like, because I feel like they did a really good job showing this game at Gamescom. Like, it, none of it was overindulgent. There weren't, like, 11-minute, like, tutorial videos like we got around E3 time. There was no, like, 10-minute trailer. Like, his trailer was two minutes. His demo was really interesting and different and showed off a part of the game we hadn't seen a million times already. I was really, really impressed with Metal Gear Solid V, The Phantom Pains, showing at Gamescom. The game's coming in, like, three weeks. Perfect timing for them to have a great showing with it. Um, I'm ready to put all the Kojima, Konami stuff to bed at this point. I don't even care. I just want to play his damn game at this point. And yeah, this is a really good like set up. You know, set up the pieces coming in like three weeks. Like here we go. Like this, well, this, is, this trailer is a great appetite setter. The trail. This trailer shows a bunch of crazy yeah. stuff. Like there's a couple things they only show for like. 30 or 40 frames that you're like, wait, what was that? Like, right there. Like, what yeah, was that? Exactly. There's like... <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I'm excited to see, you know, because I feel like maybe Kojima went totally, you know, Kojima has no limits on this. Yeah. I mean, what's Both he in terms of how crazy he was going with budget and time and, and everything. And also, like, he never has to answer to this again. He has know? nothing He's, to lose this, with this, this game now. Yeah. So I'm really pumped. I'm glad because I honestly was kind of lukewarm on this game up Man, until... that game looks good. Oh, yeah. Visually. I mean, yeah. visually speaking. Well, they're finally starting to show... Uh, last-gen versions of it for a PS3 and Xbox 360, and they look amazing too, man. So yeah. that engine scales. Yeah, but here, like, great. there's like there's this trailer's that? insane. What, what the hell is that? <laughs> Again, like it's it sent my hype for this game through the roof, as it should be. It's two yeah. weeks away from Metal Gear Solid Five. We should be pumped for it. Yeah. So let's see next, and this is a game that you're probably gonna have to carry the conversation for a little bit. Star Citizen. Yeah. After a lot of people harping about the game, wondering what was going on with it, him firing back at fans a little bit, refunding one of the Kickstarter or one of the one of the the yeah. funders' money, he shows up with this absolutely massive demo, a multi-crew demo for the game. Yeah. So and this is what I mean. This is what this game needed really badly. I mean, just proof that this stuff exists. Yeah, like, because you know, like, what everyone wonders is a game even really there. It's like, like, look, we made a thing. You yeah. Know? Like, <laughs> and you know, you know, obviously they've got the the dog fighting module with the hanger module, but we've never seen anything like this before. And outside of some screenshots and some quick video, and they've done like those you know those commercials for the various starships. But here you're basically getting a shot, uh, a little a little quick shot at what this game is probably going to feel like when you play it on day one. Yeah, I mean, that's is really what you're getting. You're seeing what the gameplay loop is going to look like a little bit. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's, it's, maybe it's not as smooth, it's a little rough around the edges in places, but, like, it's here. Like, what they said they were going to make is here. 
and it, it, you can see it all. All all the all the pieces are in place. They just they just got to get it to to a level where they can call it. Matt, when do you think this game's gonna come out? Because it's coming out in chunks, right? There's like the shooter part comes out first. Is that right? I think the space stuff's supposed to. Oh, be the space first. stuff comes the out. Shooter first. stuff got delayed, uh, and I don't think there's any word on that yet. And where they're, you know, because you're always going to have a first person section, but like there was supposed to be some kind of like first person uh, combat that may or may not make it at launch. I, I mean, I know they're saying next year sometime. I would like to believe that. Oh <laughs> man, I feel that's like rough. If I had to, you know, if you were gonna. Put a gun to my head and put say put money on this. I'm gonna say spring 2017. Damn. Um, I mean, there are. It's very, really ambitious. It, I mean, there are very few more ambitious Kickstarter games than this, and clearly. I mean, no, there's not very many games period. as ambitious as this. Period. Yeah. It doesn't matter where the money came from. Like in a genre that is largely unexplored yeah. for almost a decade and a half. And, I mean, look at this, man. Yeah. It's, I mean, and this is yeah. this is the the cry engine just. Blowing, the screaming, doors, yeah. blowing the doors off your, you know, your poor, poor video card. Yeah, um, I can't wait to see the minimum specs for this game. Yeah, the minimum specs are going to be some kind of quantum computer state. It's just, look, like, it's looking good. You need to be able to process your GPU with pure light. Yeah, it's, it's, gonna be, <laughs> it's going to be some kind of like like Destiny level kind of thing. It's looking good. It's looking epic. Yeah, it's. God, I hope it's good. You know, it, like look at. All I know the, you do all the money you have invested details. in it already. Look at, look at I all know things folding. Out. I mean, that, that's all been seen in like the the um, the the hangar module. Already There's one of your ships, so, Matt, yeah, that you spent hundred dollars on. Uh, mine is the military module. It's got a, got a turret on top. It's, uh, that, that, one, that one's painted white. Mine is much more military gray. Yeah. Um, but look at like you know we haven't seen the HUD and stuff and like you know in in uh, in a full gameplay you, you can play the dogfighting stuff, but it's. It, Look at the detail in that cockpit, yeah, the too. the detail's crazy. Yeah. And you, you know... I Pretty good showing, works. I think. Even though it was just this pre-recorded demo, he didn't, like, play it live in front of anybody. Yeah. I mean, but... you're never going to totally convince the haters until they can get their right. hands on it for real, but I think this does a pretty good job of showing definitively that there's a game there. Yeah. They, 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 they couldn't they fake all this. Something. They, haven't, <laughs> they haven't just been playing foosball yeah. and drinking <laughs> yeah, yeah. at the Cloud Imperium studios. So. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think this... Maybe did a little bit to alleviate some of that skepticism. All right, so let's move on to the last game we're going to talk about before we close out the show. Mirror's Edge Catalyst. We finally got a look at a huge chunk of gameplay. Matt, what was your impressions of it? Um, I think it looks good. I mean, I, I, my main thing is I'm glad that they are moving... Because the one I played the first game and I liked it, and one of my main problems was I didn't like that they sort of hedged their bet Letting her use Weapons. firearms, yeah, and so now they're not doing that, and it's it's going to be a little more pure, I think, in terms of the concept of the game and the character. Um, and I mean, it really looks good. I wish I knew a little more about when we're going to get to play it, but um, it's un- it's got that unique look. It's got that unique kind of gameplay. Well, it's coming out early next year, right? Is it early next yeah. year? Because they're still showing that pre-alpha thing. Yeah, but um, you know, and, and I gotta say, uh, I didn't I didn't hate it, but like. The main thing that Dying Light did was make me want Mirror's Edge because yeah. it had that parkour action, and this just looks—it looks like such a realization of what they tried to do in the first game and succeeded. You're absolutely anyway. right about but that. It is—you can tell it's exactly what this they is tried what it to was get. Supposed to be. Yeah, but here's my thing about this: is this game looks pretty much exactly like the last game. Sure, yeah. you don't use any weapons, 
But otherwise, it looks exactly the same, which, look, if you're a fan of the game, and I am, I'm one of them, and it has, like, a cult following, but that that's the problem. Like, that's what it has, is a cult following. And so, if you're going to make the same game and expect the game to do better sales-wise, those two things don't jive. It's like, if, if you have this game that you made that was really good, and there was this group of people who really liked it, but it was a small group, and you're going to continue that franchise, is it smart to make the same game again? I would say no. But, like, I can't really read EA's mind on this one. Like, uh, look, I, I'm, I mean, I'm thrilled we're getting it. Yeah, yeah, I I'm so excited to, to get it and to play it, and I'm pumped, but I'm just talking about fiscally yeah. for EA and Electronic Arts. And Peter Moore, people have asked Peter Moore this question, and he doesn't really have a good answer for it either. Like, yeah. some people have asked him, like, why are you making this game when the first one didn't sell that well? And, you know, if I were him and I, if the game were different, I would be like, well, look, we've made some changes to the game to make it appeal to a wider audience. But it really doesn't appear that they have. I mean, maybe more people are open to a concept like this in today's day and age than they were when the original came out. Maybe maybe you're angling on kind of the idea. You know, I don't. We don't know what the marketing campaign will be, but we, because it's EA, obviously it will be big. Yeah. Um, and expensive. Maybe you're ang- I mean, this is a really. I mean, it does look a lot like the first game, but it looks like it like nothing else that's out there right now. It does, I mean, but so did the last one. Yeah, but uh, but I think if you can really message it, I think the 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 audience might be there for this one in the sense that. Here's a game that looks this good, this cl- it's clean, it's futuristic, it doesn't really look like anything. It kind of looks like a cell phone commercial in places. <laughs> but it doesn't look right. like anything else, and I feel like it's so centered on movement and transition, and not, like, not, it's not like a, your usual violent shooter action. I feel like maybe they're angling at women gamers and you know, non-traditional be. gamers and people who don't necessarily want to play the same shooter stuff over and over, but want a big-budget like, you know, a really well-produced, you know, top-level AAA game. And maybe they're trying to test those waters with it. You know, that's that's an, that's a, uh, an audience that people have been kind of, a, you know, the major publishers have been afraid to try to court. Because it's a risky. Because every time they do try, they fail. That's why. <laughs> but maybe EA thinks they have this one figured out. Or maybe Could EA be. thinks it's worth, you know, whoever finds that sweet spot is going to, Hit it big, and you know, they, or it could just be EA wanting to be like, "Look, we're we're not a company that just churns out like all these cookie cutter games. Maybe it's just too. more of a street cred play, hoping that they get their money back and maybe a little more." Um, I'm really excited for it. I think most of the people probably watching Game Face right now and watching the archive on Sifted are really excited for it. We're going to be there. It'll just be interesting to see who else is. Yeah, I agree. It's I, I wouldn't. Put any money on it being ripping up the sales charts, but I'll play it day one for, for sure. sure. And so before we close out the show, I think I have a couple honorable mentions I wanted to mention. Uh, Tomb Raider went up for me mm-hmm. after Gamescom. They uh, put out a demo that actually showed Tomb Raiding. That's good. That was incredible. Did it rise? <laughs> so I was really <laughs> excited about that. I thought that that increased my hype for that game significantly and I think people who own only a PlayStation 4 are probably going to maybe have a little bit of a harder wait after seeing that demo Mm -hmm. and also Assassin's Creed Syndicate finally finally took like one little step up for me like I'm still less excited about this installment in the, the series than any other like literally any other I've never been this unexcited for an Assassin's Creed ever but they did show, like, some stuff during games. They showed a lot of this game at Gamescom, by the way, which is fitting. Ubisoft is a European company. I like the, you know, there was the, the, the cloaking 
yep. kind of thing where it's yep. like, oh, stealth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 I remember that being yeah. in the series. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, my hype level for that went up a little bit. Still nowhere near where it usually is for the other games, but... Uh, well, they got Those a, two they games. Gotta you, we got to win us back on this one. I feel there's like. a little time. I mean, yeah. you know, the game still doesn't come out for a few months. They have a lot of time to release some new media. Uh, maybe put out a demo, although I kind of doubt it. Um, True. But yeah, both of those games that were kind of lukewarm with me did get a little bit of a bump up. So overall, I'd say it was a great Gamescom. Yeah. It's it, funny. I will say this though, like you know, working on Sifted and curating all the content and uh, bringing everything in. You know, even though this show is like eight times the size of E3 as far as attendance is concerned, the con- content-wise, it's not even the same league as E3. E3 yeah. is still the king by a landslide. I mean, I think we curated it's probably like 350, 400 pieces of content from Gamescom. We did like 2,000 for E3 in like three days. Gamescom, I mean, Gamescom, as big as it is, it's for us. It's for the gamers, I think. It's more of an sure. enthusiast thing. Yeah. That's what, you know, they let the general public in. It's, you know, it's, it's what it's for. Whereas, you know, you'll see that much... You'll see the number of things out of Gamescom as E3 when CNN starts paying attention to Gamescom. You know, yeah. E3 is still your shot to get the mainstream coverage and the mainstream outlets in a way that, like, nothing else in the year can offer. Yep. So that's our Gamescom wrap-up. Hope you guys guys enjoyed the show on Sifted. Um, Obviously, we curated a lot of good stuff. You guys were providing some really good comments on a lot of the stuff that we were talking about on today's show. Uh, The community has just been absolutely incredible. Somebody on on the site today was talking about how they can't believe it. They've been on the site all this time. They've never seen an argument, and I haven't either. I've never even seen an argument. It really doesn't. Like, everybody, like, even if people disagree on things, I've seen it's like, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, they're like, like, oh, I get it. Like, that guy came back just to post that it was a good point. Yeah, I can see it's your great. perspective or stuff yeah. like that. So you guys are just awesome, all you sifters. So uh, just want to say thank you for supporting the site during Gamescom. I had a blast uh, curating for you guys and getting the stuff up on there. I do want to say a big announcement is coming very, very soon, probably within the next week. I'm just basically, I'll just be perfectly honest with you, I'm just waiting for the show graphics to be done. And when they're Mm. done, you are going to know about it. So a big, big announcement coming very soon that everyone is going to be very excited for. And I'm very excited to share it with everybody. So keep an eye out for that. Um, As I said, Matt is the permanent permanent co-host of Game Face going forward. So you can count on the show coming every week from here on out. I do want to apologize. I know last week I promised you that we would have one next week. That's why we're doing it on Tuesday, by the way, because I had promised you that we would have one for you. Matt had forgotten that he had had to go out of town. Yeah, we'd established that, and then I guess I didn't even realize it was coming up that fast. Yeah, yeah. And so that's why we're doing it on Tuesday, because we want to get a show to you guys as quickly as possible after promising you one. And we will have another show. We're not going to wait another eight or nine days for another show. We'll have another one coming up real soon. So... I think our new TriCaster operator, he did a pretty good job. Yeah. A couple it's mistakes here and there. It's not easy. It is people. not easy, man. There's a lot of moving parts to this show. I mean, I think I loaded in like 25 pieces of video into the TriCaster before this episode. There's a lot of work that goes on for this show, yeah, people. I didn't even realize until like I was giving him some tips before this, like how many weird little rituals and yeah. and... and and kind of like button combos I'd worked up to get all this stuff to work because we're we're pushing this thing to do a couple things it doesn't want to do. Yeah, and uh, you kind of got to figure it out. And uh, the show seems simple when you're watching it. You don't realize all the work that goes into Game Face, but we hope that you guys think that it's worth it. And I know you guys are enjoying it, obviously, based on your response. So actually, let's take maybe one question from our viewers before we split because I know every pe- people always appreciate that if we can answer one or two questions, but. 
Let's just get one in here at least. See what they're asking. And of course, my iPad is completely closed down. We're almost near the two-hour mark. Another two-hour episode. Yep. We're what one about one forty-five right now, I think. Yeah. And I can't get Twitch chat to load, unfortunately. Ow. I don't know why, but our Wi-Fi is running really slow. I'm I'm sorry, folks. I cannot get the chat to load. So, no questions this week. But thank you for tuning in. Anybody who's watching in Europe on a Tuesday night, (laughs) big fist bump for that one. If you guys are watching in Europe, we really appreciate it, though I kind of doubt it, but that's what the archive is for on the site. So, as always, people, thank you for watching. We'll see you next week. Game Face is up and out.